0: Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the
1: Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Back here for another edition of the Locked On Carolina Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Julian Council. Make sure to follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council. And make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this year podcast, Locked On Panthers podcast with me, Julian Council, on Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on Spotify. You can find us on Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. That's where you can find me and you can find this podcast. Third week doing this. Again, thanks so much to all the people out there that have rate, reviewed, and subscribed to the podcast so far and that have tweeted at me and sent me either feedback. Whether you like me or not, I appreciate it because hearing from you is what I want to do. I want to hear from you. And please, feel free to hit me up in my DMs if you have something that you want to talk about on the podcast and I'll try to incorporate it into one of the shows coming up. And also, if you want to tweet at me, Please refrain from sending me like a seven tweet thread at like 1230 a.m. Because likely not going to respond to that. But if you hit me during like normal business hours or at least until like eight o'clock at night, I will respond to you. But either way, I appreciate all the feedback I've gotten. I appreciated all the interaction. Again, follow me on Twitter at Julian Council. On today's episode, there's a lot of chatter and I'm actually kind of surprised that there's people who are for this and I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but because, you know, it's a situation here in Carolina that we talked a lot about, and that's if they were going to draft a quarterback. Once they traded for Sam Darnold, it kind of made it clear to me, at least, and I think a lot of people out there, the Carolina Panthers had found their guy to be the upgrade from Teddy, and they're going to hope that he was going to be the guy moving forward. But there apparently is still talk that the Carolina Panthers might still be interested in drafting a quarterback at eight. So does that make sense? Am I to you? Nah, not so much for me okay so there's that also would that be fair to Sam Darnold a guy who's coming here thinking he's getting a second chance to then have a quarterback drafted a few weeks after this team traded for him and picked up his fifth year option and basically said all the right things that he would want to hear being like we're going to be there to support you you're our guy but maybe that's not the case and then also defensive tackle the Carolina Panthers They still need a three technique. KK Short still available. Would it make sense to try and bring him back for the Carolina Panthers? We're going to start off today by talking about Sam Darnold and the potential the Carolina Panthers could still take a quarterback at eight. I saw this on Friday. Adam Lefko, who does a great job of Bleacher Report, he was having a conversation about the Panthers still taking a quarterback at eight. Dane Brugler, he was on with the Pewter Report, the guys who cover the Tampa Bay Buccaneers talked about how he still feels like Carolina might take a quarterback at 8. Even Mina Kimes of ESPN has said that they still should. So it's not like random people. This is like Twitter fodder. This is like real stuff that people who cover the league closely have been talking about. Now for me, it does not make a ton of sense for the Carolina Panthers to draft a quarterback at 8. Why? It doesn't make a lot of sense to me is really based off of the trade last week for Sam Darnold, where the Carolina Panthers sent their six-round compensatory pick in this year's draft, and their second and fourth for next year's draft to New York to bring in Sam Darnold. And then they exercise his fifth-year option, paying him $18.8 million guaranteed in 2022. So right then and there, the contract is the thing that I'm looking at. Currently, as we look at Teddy Bridgewater, who still remains on the roster, likely not for much longer, Teddy Bridgewater is not owed any guaranteed money past this season for the Carolina Panthers, which we go back to the contract structure that he had. Last offseason, it was always designed for Teddy to be the starter for two years if he panned out, obviously, in year one, which has not happened, which leads us here to this conversation where Sam Darnold was traded to the Carolina Panthers last week from New York. But Teddy wasn't owed any money. The Carolina Panthers, as soon as they traded for Sam Darnold, they gave him guaranteed money. They cannot cut him. He's getting that money, period. So there's nothing the Carolina Panthers can do now after picking up the fifth-year option to avoid paying Sam Darnold $18.8 million. So if you're going to draft a quarterback at eight, wouldn't it make more sense... To you? Because at least it makes sense to me. Wouldn't it make more sense to you if you're going to draft a quarterback at 8 that you would have just kept Teddy Bridgewater here for one more season with no guaranteed money in 2022 opposed to having Sam Darnold on the roster this year with a low salary cap hit but then owing him $18.8 million next season in year 2 of your rookie quarterback? Wouldn't it make more sense to do the whole Bridgewater route than the Darnold route? because it doesn't make a lot of sense to me to be paying a veteran in year two of your starting of your rookie quarterback that kind of money. Now if they wanted to go the veteran quarterback route in 2022 with a rookie quarterback on a second year of a rookie deal, wouldn't it make more sense to go like a Ryan Fitzpatrick route or how Houston's done it with before that with all the Deshaun Watson stuff going on where they got Tyrod Taylor, he's making what seven million dollars. wouldn't that make a little bit more sense? than what the Carolina Panthers would be doing if they draft a rookie quarterback then have him in year two paying another quarterback that they traded for weeks prior, giving him $18.8 million. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Now, you can also look at the draft and wonder, okay, well, the Carolina Panthers, we could get to draft night, and they could be surprised that a quarterback fell to them. But should they? Because we've we've looked at all the mock drafts, and of course they're just mock drafts. But but a lot of these people who do these things, like Daniel Jeremiah of NFL Network, and Todd McShay and Mel Kiper Jr. of ESPN, and Matt Miller of the Draft Scout, who's also an ESPN NFL Draft Analyst, they have conversations with a lot of people within organizations. Like They're not just guessing. I mean, they are guessing, but they're educated guesses. And the educated guesses so far have told them, like, one, two, three is going to be quarterbacks which means that two quarterbacks will be left over, likely to be Justin Fields and Trey Lance. So at four, most of these mock drafts are saying that the Falcons are going to stick with Matt Ryan for the next two seasons and draft Kyle Pitts. Now, just a mock. But it's unlikely the Falcons take a quarterback there. Okay, say the Falcons do take a quarterback there. At five, Cincinnati already has their quarterback. Same thing with Miami at six. Detroit just received two first-round picks from Los Angeles in the Matthew Stafford trade, and a former number one overall pick, and a quarterback who has led a team to a Super Bowl, a Super Bowl loss, albeit, in Jared Goff. So those three teams right there already have their quarterbacks. The Panthers could stay pat at eight, and very likely still have two quarterbacks on the board in pits or fields, or at the very least, one of them is available at eight. So if they wanted to draft a quarterback, I mean, they shouldn't be surprised by the board falling to him that way and here's also the thing that they could have done the San Francisco trade trading three first rounders to number three with Miami and getting their quarterback that they wanted unless they didn't like any of the quarterbacks which would then confuse me to why they get to eight and then would decide after trading for Sam Darnold weeks prior that yes let's take a quarterback do you kind of see how it doesn't really add up at least to me and maybe it adds up to you but when I'm having this conversation with y'all, it doesn't add up to me that the Carolina Panthers would ex- give Sam Darnold the fifth-year option, guaranteeing $18.8 million in what would be year two of a rookie quarterback contract, which you saw the flexibility, but are you really trying to give that much money to a guy who's probably your backup? And do you want your rookie waiting behind Darnold for two years, and then you're getting to that third year of their contract where that's the year you have to figure out whether the guy or not? Because you get to the end of their third season – That's where you have to exercise that fifth year option, which is part of the reason why the New York Jets didn't hang on to Sam Darnold, that they liked Zach Wilson more. And the fact that they were drafting number two overall, that they felt like they were in a better position to just take on Zach Wilson and his rookie contract, opposed to doing what Carolina did in exercising Sam Darnold's fifth year option and trying to wait for two more years to find out if he's the guy. And I can understand the the argument that, okay, well, you draft a rookie quarterback, you have Sam Darnold, you have two. First round quarterbacks, top 10 picks, your quarterback room is a lot stronger than it was last season. And and it, somewhat I can agree with that, except there's still the unknown of whether Fields or Lance would actually turn out to be that franchise quarterback. And the same thing with Sam Darnold is still the unknown after three years in New York where he was in a terrible situation, which we've, we've all we talked about ad nauseum last week that maybe it's still, we don't know if he's going to be, turn out to be the guy that you want him to be, that he needs to be, in order to lead his franchise in the future, to lead any franchise in the future as their starting quarterback. So it, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me when it comes to the Panthers still taking a quarterback at eight. Like, here's the thing, too. You don't draft a quarterback in the top ten for them not to be your franchise. What other organizations are out there drafting quarterbacks in the top ten and then sitting them, and then trading them. Like, that's not really something that happens. I've seen people bring up the Packers comparison, that they drafted Jordan Love last year. But the Packers got killed for that. Absolutely crushed by everyone across their fan base in the NFL media for drafting a quarterback in Jordan Love, opposed to giving Aaron Rodgers help at wide receiver. And Aaron Rodgers also wasn't a player on a decline. The Packers were just coming off an NFC Championship loss against the 49ers where they got mopped. And again, this year, they made it back to the NFC Championship. So back-to-back years, Aaron Rodgers, under Matt LaFleur, has had a lot of success. Nothing to lead you to believe that the Packers needed to draft a quarterback last year. Because did they even get better this past season? They were the one seed, but they still were not able to get to a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback. So I look at it with the situation here in Carolina. If they draft a quarterback at eight after trading for Sam Darnold, I'm not saying that they should be killed for it, but I feel like they should face some level of criticism for ignoring the massive need that they have at left tackle. It would have made more sense to me to have Teddy for another year draft a quarterback at eight than to trade for Sam Darnold and then draft a quarterback at eight. And then you're just kind of wondering like, so what exactly are we doing here? Because you're not just going to draft, you don't draft a quarterback at eight and then just give up a second and fourth rounder in next year's draft when you could use that as capital for, if, you know, I don't know. It, just, it doesn't make any sense to me. Basically what I'm saying to you, I don't truly understand why the Panthers would do that by drafting quarterback at eight. And it should be pointed out, but Mina Kimes did say in her tweet, her Twitter thread when she said that she thinks the Panthers should do that when she was on NFL Live. She said, well, the Panthers training for Sam it also leads me to believe that they're probably not going to drafted quarterback at eight and also if you listen to the people who clo- follow this team closely and i'm not talking about myself i'm talking about the people like who write about this team on a regular basis and i, I do follow them closely but i'm not as well sourced as like a bill both who works for panthers.com and joe person of the athletic they've been telling you for weeks now that the panthers don't really like any of the quarterbacks up there that aren't trevor lawrence or zach wilson so when it became clear that they weren't going to be able to get lawrence because he's going number one overall and they weren't going to get zach wilson who's going number two overall that they were looking at their other options because they didn't really love Matt Jones who got a close look at at the senior bowl they didn't love Justin Fields or Trey Lance who they got to check out at their respective senior or their respective pro days in Fargo and Columbus Ohio so I think right there tells you like they're telling you right now like quarterback's not going to happen at eight. it could still happen but they're they're pretty much leading you to believe it's not going to happen the focus right now should be on making this the best possible situation for Sam Darnold and getting the full potential out of a young player who was thrown into a terrible situation in New York the last three years. If it doesn't work out, then the Panthers wasted two seasons and hopefully they can identify the right quarterback either next offseason or in 2023. Which again, that's not the the best case scenario. But still, I think that's the better thing to do right now is to Lean in on Sam Darnold, who's only 23 years old right now. will be 24 when the season starts. He has weapons around him for the first time. Get the man an offensive line, and let's find out whether he can play in this league or not. So let's say, what if the Panthers actually do go quarterback at eight? How fair is that to Sam Darnold? Like, because I feel like that's a guy who's feel like he's getting a second chance. Wouldn't you think that'd be a little messed up for the Carolina Panthers to do that? So a little more of that in just a minute. But first, let me tell you about our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA and NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Get all sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So as you heard last week, I wasn't necessarily in love with the trade for Sam Darnold, mainly because I didn't like the idea of what's this two-year waiting pattern to see whether he's going to be the starting quarterback of the future for this team or not. I just also felt like maybe it's not 100% going to be an upgrade from Teddy Bridgewater. I know people desperately wanted to move on from Teddy. I just felt for the Carolina Panthers, they could have just stayed with Teddy for one more year and got their quarterback at 8 if they liked any of the guys. Or they could have not gotten quarterback at 8. Got a left tackle, continue to build this roster, and make this roster into a really good unit once you want to bring in your next quarterback of the future now i understood why the panthers did this they saw a quarterback in sam dardo who's in a bad situation in new york he clicked with Matt rule a couple years ago when Matt rule he um interviewed for the jets job scott bitterer back when he was in seattle he really liked sam dardo when he was scouting him they look at a young player again only 23 24 when the season starts big arm has all the potential in the world What could this guy do in Joe Brady's offense with Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson? So I completely understand why they didn't. I don't necessarily disagree with them doing it. I just wasn't in love with it. So I don't hate Sam Darnold. I'm not mad the Panthers did this. I find it interesting, really, more so than had they stayed with Teddy Bridgewater. Even though that's kind of the thing I've endorsed because I've been far more interested in building the overall roster than I've been interested in getting that franchise quarterback. Because, yes, at the end of the day, you do need to get a franchise quarterback, get a quarterback who can lead you to that Super Bowl. David Tepper talked about it and being in constant pursuit of that guy who can win you a Lombardi trophy. I just felt like in year two and the second offseason, really in the first offseason of Matt Rule and Scott Fitterer, that the Panthers didn't need to be in a rush to bring in a quarterback, that they could have just been patient and continue to try – And see what they have on this roster because we're still in the phase of figuring out which guys are going to be building blocks and which guys are just here for a year to fill a gap. And then we're going to move on from them in next offseason. That's kind of where I've been at. Just overall roster building has been my main focus when it comes to the Carolina Panthers. The patience of it all is what I wanted. And David Tepper, the guy who told us, you know, you heard about Rome, hasn't been very patient. And I can understand it three years of having to sit through here and not having. The winning seasons and seeing Camden fall apart with his shoulder and the foot and Kyle Allen and his turnovers and having to watch Taylor Heineke start a game. I, I get why he would be frustrated, ready to move on and get a quarterback. So I'm not against the Sam Darnold trade. I'm excited for him and it makes me more interested in watching this football team this coming fall because we're going to see what Sam Darnold's all about and we're going to potentially see this offense reach the levels that we didn't get to see it last year. Now, I think a, a large part of that is the fact that. You didn't have Christian McCaffrey, but also it is, you don't even have a quarterback who was willing to stretch the field with his arm, like Sam Darnold can. So, talking about all of that, would it kind of be messed up for the Panthers to give up those assets to bring Sam Darnold here? To have the guy super excited, have Scott Fitter sit there and talk about how much he liked them. And then the reports coming up about how much Matt Rule really clicked of Sam Darnold. And then have Darren Gant, who I love, who writing with Panthers.com now, really excited for Darren with that opportunity. That have Darren Gant write an article where you have Clay Helton, the head coach at USC, with Sam Darnold's head coach there, quoted. To have Josh McCown, who is a backup in New York. Back when Sam Darnold was first drafted with the Todd Bowles and Mike McCagnon era of New York Jets, and he's just heaping praise. Wouldn't it be pretty jacked up if they were doing all this, saying all these great things about Sam Darnold, and giving him the fifth-year option, the eighteen point eight million dollars guaranteed in twenty twenty-two, and then to draft a quarterback a couple weeks later? Like, what kind of message are you trying to send? Because we've already we can have this conversation. Because last year. With the Cam Newton drama presented by Honeywell, with Matt Rule saying in the article saying, I'm looking forward to coaching Cam Newton. And then David Sapper going out there, I'm not a doctor, you're not a doctor, and all the mixed messaging. And then the Panthers being like, we're going to help facilitate a trade for Cam, and then he gets cut. Like, that wasn't a great situation. And if we're being honest, the way that they handled Teddy Bridgewater, I didn't, it hasn't been great either. Last year, Teddy, he's our guy. There's articles coming out. Back in October, that Joe Person I wrote from The Athletic, where Matt Rules quoted, talked about how Evan Cooper, the wide receiver coach, always told him back when they were in college, like, hey, if we ever get to the NFL, like, that's the guy we need to get to be our quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater. He's awesome. You bring in Joe Brady, who knows Teddy from back in New Orleans. That seemed like a tailor-made situation here in Carolina, and when Teddy doesn't play well in the last half of the season, whether it's because of his knee injury or just because, I mean, he's Teddy Bridgewater and he's just not the guy that he could have been had he never had that catastrophic knee injury back in Minnesota they weren't they weren't committed committing to him anymore David Tepper said two weeks before the season once they fired Marty Hurdy pursuit pursue that quarterback they made it known that they were ready to move on they didn't really say his name at the senior bowl now a couple weeks ago once free agency was about to start up they did say hey Teddy that's our guy for now which they didn't say the for now part but I with all my other podcasts, 704, which you can rate, review, and subscribe to on Apple Podcasts as well, I was saying, yeah, for now, Teddy Bridgewater is our guy. And as we found out this past week, he's not their guy. So I don't think the Carolina Panthers want to have a reputation as an organization that trades for guys or signs guys, he's praised upon them, and then very quickly, maybe it, whether it's after a year with Teddy Bridgewater or after a couple weeks with Sam Darnold, then renege on that and be like, well, actually, we like this guy instead. Because again, if you're taking a quarterback at eight, that's the future. Sam Darnold's not the future if you take a quarterback at eight. So if the Carolina Panthers believe in Sam Darnold and think that they can save Sam Darnold, then they're not going to draft a quarterback at eight. If they do draft a quarterback at eight, while it could be an insurance policy, that's not really the best way to put it because the insurance policy would be the... Quarterback that's making $18.8 million per year in year two of that rookie quarterback contract. So again, just the way the contract is set up for Sam Darnold doesn't make a ton of sense to me for why the Carolina Panthers would then draft a quarterback at eight. Because if they only traded for Darnold and had him on the roster this year at $4 and then were able to offload Teddy Bridgewater and then got a quarterback at eight, that would make sense to me because it's like, okay, Darnold, $4 million cap hit opposed to $22 million cap with Teddy Bridgewater. Then you don't owe him anything past this season. And then you bring in your quarterback. If it's like a Trey Lance, Justin Fields, who gets a year to sit back and be groomed. And then they can come in. Yeah, that makes sense to me. But with Darnold making $18.8 million in 2022. No, that right there does not make sense to me at all. As I think uh, I've made fairly clear throughout this podcast so far. One thing that needs to be cleared up for the Carolina Panthers as we inch closer to the NFL draft is what are they going to do about a three technique? And what are you going to do with just a big old defensive tackle? Morgan Fox, really good last year in Los Angeles in the spot times with the Rams. But does he have the girth that you need next to Derek Brown that you need if Bravion Roy comes in? Because Zach Kerr is gone. Zach Kerr had a fairly decent stint here in Carolina. But can the Panthers go out there and find a guy who was a former Panther? Or is there someone else they can bring in to help Derek Brown and help solidify the trenches? Because this is a team that desperately needs to be better against the run this season coming up. And they need another big body right there in the trenches. So more on that in just a moment. Let me tell you about Bilt Bar though. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. The improved Bilt Bar is even more deliciouser. That is right. Delicious is a word. They have 18 amazing flavors, including six of the new flavors: caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake carrot cake and my personal favorite apple almond crisps they also have some of their original flavors like banana bread mint brownie salted caramel they have toffee almond and this one's really good too peanut butter brownie and check this out so you get the orange flavor that's not all you're having is orange you're also having chocolate because all the bars are covered in 100 chocolate they're soft and easy to chew and here's a cool thing too about built bars they're healthy Built Bars are great for the health conscious person out there. If you're trying to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat, Built Bar is just for you. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for anyone who's on a keto diet. And really great for anyone who's on any kind of diet where they're trying to watch their figure and check this out if you go to builtbar.com right now you potentially have the chance to get a free cooler with a purchase while supplies last go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15% off your next order use promo code locked 15 for 15% off at builtbar.com
1: is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements
0: April 19th through the 26th, listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network, featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Brian Baldinger, and Michael Lombardi, our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Follow the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 podcast feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So it's pretty well known that the Carolina Panthers still need to find some sort of help at defensive tackle before the season starts. Because right now, as we look at it, they have Derrick Brown, Bravion Roy, and that's pretty much it when it comes to the left to the defensive tackle position for the Carolina Panthers. Like, they need more help at defensive tackle. This cannot be the plan to only roll with these dudes heading to the season, which I don't think is. And also, let's go ahead and put uh, Mike Panasuk out there. And I didn't even say his name right so that just kind of shows you like where the panthers are currently when it comes to their defensive tackle spot heading into the nfl draft in just two weeks now there's one name i brought up on twitter when talking to panthers fans about the potential to bring this guy back to have him play as a defensive tackle and that's kk short as you know kk the last two seasons has missed a ton of games with shoulder injuries that have ended his season both years But he is a veteran presence, and he is someone that was in this locker room last year under the new regime change of Matt Rule and the new culture change, and I think he could be a valuable piece here in Carolina. Now, I did ask someone last week, would KK Short make any sense as someone who could be re-signed? Because the Carolina Panthers did say that they were willing and going to leave the option open for KK to come back here to play in Carolina if they could work it out to the right deal. Now, he's currently a free agent, which is why we're having this conversation. And KK has not gotten whatever kind of money he was hoping to get in the free agency market up until this point. There's still a possibility that he could get a decent-sized deal, but at this point in time, it's hard to believe that, considering we are very close to the draft. I think most teams out there, Carolina included, have pretty much filled every hole that they're hoping to fill prior to going to the NFL draft. So ask this person, would KK make sense to come back here to Carolina. And they said maybe if he wants to play for the minimum at a per-game rate and doesn't insist on starting. Now, how things are currently set up, I don't know whether Bravion Roy is, is a better player currently than KK Short. He certainly was fairly solid in a secondary role last year in that second unit for the Carolina Panthers. And he's a big body, and Matt Rule knows him well from having him at Baylor. And I thought he was, you know, fairly good for expectations that we would have had for Bravion Roy last year with a six-round pick. So, and he can be the future potentially. I don't know if he's ever going to be a full-time starter, but he can certainly be a good rotational player there at defensive tackle. But is he going to be the kind of pass rusher that you need and the kind of pass rusher that Kawan Short has been his career? I'm not quite sure. And I kind of responded, I was like, okay, well, that's, not necessarily the, the greatest endorsement to bring back Juan Short. and They also they responded by saying, I mean, he's on the wrong side of 30, and he's played five games the last two years. You just don't make plans for guys like that, which is very true. But when you're sitting here, it maybe might make more sense after the draft to see where the Panthers, who they draft and where things fall. Because again, this is a team that last year, spent all seven picks on offensive players. This year, they want to get younger on the offensive side of the ball, especially on the offensive line. I've already said that. I think that number eight pick should go to a left tackle. I would be fine with that second-round pick going to a corner, but after signing A.J. Boye last, uh, last week, I might be more interested in adding another offensive lineman there at two just to try and solidify the offensive line, especially the fact that, they're gonna need some interior offensive linemen, because if they do draft a left tackle and they're hopefully they can extend Taylor Moton, your tackle slots should be fine for the next five years. But in but the interior, I don't know about that. Because Pat Elfline, yes, he's on a three-year deal, but really it's it's guaranteed money is probably all coming this coming season. Then Matt Paradis, you're losing him. There's the thought that Elfline could potentially become the center of the future if things work out here in Carolina for him this upcoming season. And then at right guard, John Miller, one more, one year deal. You can't just keep signing John Miller to run one year deals. You're gonna have to figure out the long term guard spots and the center position. So, could potentially the Panthers look at a center there in the second round? So that's something we'll, we'll talk about further. But looking at it, I, I would be interested in having KK shortback back because obviously he's the guy that we know and love, and he also could make a lot of sense because he is a he has he plays a position of need for the Carolina Panthers currently, and that being a three technique at defensive tackle who has the size that you need to be able to stop the run. That concludes another edition of the Locked on Carolina Panthers podcast with me, your host, Julian Council. Make sure, again, to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Odyssey, on Google Podcasts, on pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. And also, please follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council. Still hoping this week to hear from AJ Boye, from Sam Donald. Um, and if you have a response to what I talked about on this podcast earlier, as far as why you think that it makes sense to draft the quarterback at eight, maybe we'll still get into that throughout the week. Because I was surprised that so many people seem to be in favor of doing that when I just don't feel like that's kind of the top name for the Carolina Panthers. But hey, that's the thing about this. I come here, I let you know my opinion. You guys hit me up on Twitter or whatever and let me know what your opinion is. And we can have a discourse back and forth. And that's kind of when I, why I'm doing this. Connect you Panther fans, try to give you the best product that I can give you out there. Because again, no one else is out here giving this to you 30 minutes every day, Monday through Friday, talking about your team, constantly trying to keep you up to date with all the news and notes that you need to know and someone who's writing you their opinions. You might not always agree with me, and I might not always agree with you, but we can respect one another, and that's what I want to do here with the Locked On Carolina Panthers podcast. So again, thank you all for your support, for the love. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, and I will talk to you tomorrow.
1: Hey prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music.